my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Questions for God. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. Our big question for this week, can a rational person believe in predictive prophecy? What a question. Our specialist in the hot seat today is Helen Gray. Helen, welcome aboard. It's great to have you. It's great to be here again. Thanks, Gary. Uh, Helen's the lay pastoral leader of the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, Helen, how has your week actually been? Uh, Blessed, busy, um, anything else I can think of with the letter B? <laughs> You're saying you, you, you've been almost run off your feet today. Oh, I've been running around in circles a bit. I, I mean, at the moment they're refurbishing my house and I've got stuff all over the place and then having to move something else. And in the middle of all that, of course, you know, we visit people and um, spend time and listen and... Oh, sometimes my head ends up being a bit of a can of worms. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I fully know exactly what you're, what you're talking about. What you need is a little bit of a break. Ah, oh, you've got a Kit Kat for me tonight. A Kit Kat, yeah. something like that, something <laughs> like that. Uh, tell me, what do you enjoy reading when you have a little bit of time on your hands? Well, I love the Bible, number okay. one, absolutely. Okay. Um, I like reading Ellen White's writing, especially Desire of Ages. That just brings me closer to the Lord. Tell if, me about Desire of Ages. What What is Desire of Ages? Desire of Ages is, is one of the best books, I believe, that you can pick up about the life of Christ. Okay. I know that I've read it several times, but I, the last time I did it, I took one chapter at a time, and I ended up on my knees at the end of every chapter. It's just wow. a powerful um, book about the life of Christ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But apart from that, I have some authors that I enjoy reading. Um, Max Lucado is one of them. I like the way that he forms his words mm. and writes his books. Mm. <clears throat> um, oh, some of them gone out of my head. Oh, Arthur Murray is another. Uh, is it Arthur? Arthur Murray, yeah. Murray, yeah, yes, yeah. He's, he's a very good author. Um, now, there's another one on leadership, and I'm trying to think what his name is. It starts John, John Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you've like certainly got a very wide spectrum of uh, of interest there. Oh, absolutely! I love reading Spurgeon as well. I think his yeah, words are yeah. just absolutely. Spurgeon amazing. is a very powerful, oh, uh, pr- well, yes. in his day, preacher yes. and certainly author as well. His mm. writings are well known and are still read extensively today. Yeah. And Moody and H.M. Richards and, you know, Doug Batchelor. I love all those. Yeah. But I don't get a lot of time to read as much as I'd like, but I do some most days. Yeah. Mm. But I do mm. love studying the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I I really appreciate being able to spend some time this morning. I I know I spent some uh, time reading about the Old Testament prophets, and uh, uh, they teach just so. There's so much there that once oh, you plumb absolutely. into them, uh, they uh, th- an amazing amount of truth actually comes out. Mm. What mm. would be your favourite bo- uh, book of the Bible, Gary? My favourite book, I probably would go for go for Daniel. I, oh, how I, interesting! I, Most no, people I, say the same. I, yes. I, I do enjoy yes. Daniel. He he really challenges my my thinking. I remember spending uh, about uh, two or three weeks on one occasion. In fact, I, I was on long service leave at the particular time, and uh, I just spent some time just reading and uh, trying to work my way through the last three chapters mm. of the of the book of Daniel because I wanted to get to the get to the bottom of those and. 
and some of the things that came out of those last three chapters was just so so amazing and uh, uh, and challenging uh, for me as a as a pastor who has done a lot of study, but there was so much new material there oh, that I was able to uncover. It, it's like uncovering treasure and gems, isn't it? It is. Suddenly, one thing will sparkle like you haven't yeah, seen before. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah They're no. my wow moments. Walk on water moments. I yeah, call them. Yeah, yeah. The wow moments are fantastic. <laughs> really, is exciting, exciting That's stuff. True. But Helen, look, let's come to some music. Uh, this is uh, Bill and Gloria Gaither. Uh, this uh, could be the dawning, the breaking of the day. Thank you. 
Well, welcome again to Faith FM Drive Time. Big questions for God with Pastor Gary. Our co-host is Helen Gray, lay pastoral leader of the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're asking, can a rational person believe in predictive prophecy? Uh, before we move uh, into today's question, though, Helen, one of the things I'd really like to do is to just uh, share with our listeners a, a fantastic little series that's going to be commencing this Friday night. Now, this Friday night, we've got uh, Pastor John Bradshaw. He's connected to uh, uh, It Is Written, and there's a series commencing Hope Awakens. Now, this, to me, is a really exciting little series. Now, Helen, do you know anything about that, uh, that series? Absolutely. And I'm as excited as you are about it, and I hope our listeners do too. He's going to start off with the topic of signs that you can't ignore. And I think this is worth watching. I mean, mm. there are signs out there on the streets that we can't ignore either. We'll get yeah, a fine. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, if we ignore these signs, well, we could have problems. Hope Awakens is another one. And uh, Martin Luther said everything that is done in this world is done by hope. The Unseen Enemy. Mm. We need to know who we're dealing with. Heroes in a time of crisis, from failure to victory, Earth's ultimate remedy, and I think we all need to know what that is, rest and recovery. Wow, that mm. sounds like a good this one. This is a fantastic mm. little series, and the thing I'm yep. conscious of is that It Is Written has actually been around for so long and have produced such, they've produced some really wonderful material, and uh, I really appreciate listening to John Bradshaw. He seems to have a way of putting things that uh, even deep and complex things in a, in a very simple manner, but something yes. that sort of sets you back in your seat a little bit. I, I believe the same, but let me tell you that one of his subjects is really applicable to today. Mm-hmm. It's lockdown, a planet in isolation. Wow, yeah, that's, that certainly is that's applicable. That's pretty, <laughs> pretty relevant, isn't yeah. it? Tell yeah. me, though, what do you think, Helen? Um, why do you think biblical prophecy is it's shooting up the Google search engine rankings fairly quickly? Why do you think that is? Well, I think especially with what's been happening with the coronavirus, I think people are getting taking time. They're seeing things that are happening, not just with the coronavirus, but in our world in general. Yeah. I think people are looking for something more than what they can see that this world has to offer. Yeah. They want yeah. a hope. They want something to hang their hat on, so to speak. Yeah. And I believe a lot of people are searching right now. And um, I remember Pastor Doug Batchelor telling, telling us that um, the recording Quest for Bible studies now has gone up about forty-one percent. Yeah, you yeah. know, to, than it was before the virus. I think this is a tendency that you will see. People are, are saying we need something more. There's something wrong with our world. Yeah, um, yeah. should we be frightened? Yeah. Or what can we do? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you make some, ask some really good questions there because increasingly what I am conscious of is that as I talk to people, I'm certainly getting people asking exactly, you know, uh, do we have to be living life the way that we are at the present time as though life itself has become a bit of a, a bit of a treadmill? Mm. Um, I suppose, and uh, and and for many people, that's that's uh, that's what they're recognising, and they're starting to say, "Hey, there there has to be more to this than a a, a rat race that that is that seems to be occurring." Well, that's right. We're told that towards the end of time, men's heart would fail them for fear. Yeah, and I think we're seeing that right now.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a prophecy, incredibly powerful. Folks, uh, this Friday night we've got uh, uh, Pastor John Bradshaw, Hope Awakens. Uh, uh, please go to uh, Hope to Hope channel and uh you can uh, uh you can download the information on that uh on that particular program you will need to register uh but it is well worth registering for folks let's come to some music this is andre crouch it's not just a story in my FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, Big Questions for God with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Helen Gray. Helen's the lay pastoral leader of the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week we're asking, can a rational person believe in predictive prophecy? Now, of course, rationality requires evidence. And today we've asked Helen to share with us by looking at the sheer quantity of predictions, the sheer amount of evidence that we find in the New Testament. Helen, can a rational person believe in predictive prophecy? What's the New Testament really tell us? Well, let me answer your question. You said a rational person. 
And I believe the answer to that is yes, because especially when it's predictive prophecy, um, there are so many prophecies in the in Scripture that have come true, a hundred percent, even small ones. You know, it just and that's why I just I just love it because to me that confirms. The truth of the Bible that there is a supernatural, and we've God already seen that it. this week, haven't yes, we? Because absolutely. basically, what, what we've seen so far is you've had this. Uh, we've seen the predictions of the coming of Christ, yes. and so many of them. Uh, yesterday, we had Tom took us into the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, and we flow across to the New Testament, and you start to see. Uh, Predictions that the the prophets and the apostles and Christ Himself actually made that are yes. being fulfilled today. Um, but Helen, I'm taking your your role, aren't I? <laughs> that's, that's all right. That's Gary. not very good. It's, it's fine. Um, the interesting thing is that by the time we get to the New Testament, we've had so much evidence of prophecy being fulfilled yeah. in the Old Testament that, to me, that gives us surety that whatever is predicted in the New. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, some of it we've seen come to pass, and others we're still waiting. But it's just it's just so amazing. So if you're a rational person and you look here in the scripture, you will see the evidence. Mm. Mm. And and again, if you want to go to um, history, archaeology, whatever, you will see the evidence there yeah. as well, yeah. which is amazing. But I'd like us to look in at Matthew and uh, Matthew 24, a, a well-known um, uh, chapter on end time events. But I want to have a look at the first first uh, start of Matthew 24, and perhaps Gary, could you read verses one and one, two, and three, please? Yeah, this of course is Jesus sitting on top of the Mount of Olives, and this is what the uh, the text says. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple, and Jesus said to them. Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone will be left here upon another that all shall be thrown down. Mm, And the next one? Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Okay, so there's a lot in this to start with, and Mm. you're quite right. It was while Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives. Interesting, there was a fulfillment of a prophecy right there, the prophet Zechariah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that he had predicted that the Messiah would stand when he came to establish his kingdom mm-hmm. and it would be on the Mount of Olives. Mm. And so there is a link when you go through. In fact, when you see when you start studying into scripture, it just blows your mind yeah. because yeah. you're not all false. So I found that interesting that he was on the Mount of Olives mm. to start with. And it it was really a fitting place for the disciples to ask Jesus what he would when he would come in power. But first of all, he they were looking at the Temple, mm. if if you remember, and you know it was beautiful to look at at that time. Yeah. Who would have ever suspected that it was going to be demolished? Yeah. yeah, you know. And here, here was Jesus was saying, "I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. These buildings, not one stone will be left on top of another." I'm re- reading from the New Living Translation, and that was predictive. That's actually a remarkable predictive prophecy because if you look at that, some of those stones of the temple, we sort of think of them as being little bricks, Mm -hmm. uh, something like we might build our house out of. Mm -hmm. But, of course, the 
these were not bricks that had been fired in the oven. These were st- hewn stone that had come out of a quarry. As some of them weighed a significant number of tons each. Absolutely. And yet Christ says, not one of them yeah. is going to sit on yeah. top of another. It was an absolutely beautiful edifice that they saw. Mm. And and I could imagine, you know, if we were sitting there and, and, and Jesus gave that prediction that, you know, all those buildings, they will be completely destroyed. One stone won't be left on the other. Mm. And we'd look at him and say, oh, yeah, come on. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. where's this fairy tale coming from? Yeah. But it's interesting that if you look down in the history books and what have you, and even what is said in Scripture, that 70 years. 70 years later. What happened? Well, that takes us to the destruction of Jerusalem, doesn't it? You yeah. know, and what you actually find is the Roman armies destroy Jerusalem, but that's not the finish of that of that story, is it? No, you can continue. You're doing well. Oh, Helen, I, I, was, just... wa- I was waiting for you to share it with me. Yeah. That was a. It's remarkable what actually took place when the Romans came to Jerusalem. They destroyed it seventy years later. Of course, they went into the to the temple. Now, of course, uh, the command to the soldiers was not to destroy the temple. Absolutely. That I was, was the waiting com- for that. That yes. was the command. And yet somebody throws a firebrand yes. into the temple mm. and the whole thing goes on to fire. But what Christ's prophecy said was that not one stone will sit upon another. I mean, that's an unusual thing to say. I mean, this isn't just destruction. This is wanton vandalism that we're talking about there. So how did that come about, Gary? The temple, of course, had so much gold in it. Yes. Gold, covered with gold. The fire melts the gold. The gold runs down in between the stones, what do the soldiers want? Gold. Gold. What do you do to get the gold? You, well, you either melt it or you scrape it or you you break it apart. Or you move the stones yes. that got the Which gold between do. them. Yeah. And Christ's prophecy here is literally fulfilled. You know, to me, Helen, this is incredibly powerful. This particular prophecy, the, wor- <clears throat> the words of Christ, are being fulfilled right before the eyes of the disciples in that day. Mm. Absolutely amazing. I just love it. And thank you. I knew, Gary, that you knew what had happened. I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. But I think I think that shows even more the fact of how true predictive prophecy is in Scripture. Yeah. Right yeah. down to those very stones. I mean, if it had just been the fire, stones would have still be on top of each other. Mm. But it wasn't. The prophecy was that there would be no stone left. And that, to me, is absolutely incredible. And, you know, Helen, it's actually those details that are so important in prophecy because you get some of the contemporary, you know, Nostradamus, some of these guys, they make prophecies that are so broad and general that almost anything can fit. But within Scripture, Scripture has this unique ability to turn around and say, no, I'm going to be really tight with exactly what's going to take place. And it's when when you see the fulfillment there where it's clearly able to be demonstrated that it actually occurred, that you can start and say, hey, um, even rational people have to take notice of this. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and I know we've dealt with Daniel and all that, but I remember the prophecy. There's a prophecy about Tyre, you know, scraping the tops of the rocks. That's just amazing. That really caught my eye when when I read that. And there are many others like that. So when I come here and Jesus says, you know, there wouldn't be one stone left upon the other, I believe that. Yeah, 
yeah, because yeah. I've seen what happened. Yeah. I dare say the di- disciples had trouble believing it. At the time it was yes. given, I've got no yes. doubt that, I mean, they're starting to think, how can this sort of thing possibly be? Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting that they also asked him, first of all, they said, tell us when all this will ha- this happen. But he says, what sign will signal your return at the end of the world? Mm-hmm. They wanted a sign, you know, and people want signs now, of course, you know. And and I believe that, that Jesus was really saying, don't be so concerned about the signs. Mm-hmm. You know, but he would still give them some signs. But, he, you know, virtually saying, don't be so concerned about the signs, about knowing the exact date and be more concerned with being prepared. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's important today. That is really essential, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, it, it's so Im- you can actually sensationalize the signs. And it's important yeah. that we recognize when signs uh, are, what signs are saying to us. I mean, uh, Christ talked about uh, you can recognize that there's a change in weather when you see dark clouds over there yes. in the east. You know, and so that's important to be able to recognize what's actually taking place when the, uh, when the weather is about to change. And Christ is saying it's exactly the same thing is true about the coming of the Son of Man, but it's more important that I actually have an umbrella if I'm going to be outside than to uh, to simply recognise the um, uh, the signs that are actually coming. The preparation is actually more important than anything else. I agree with you totally there, Gary, because I think too many people um, they look at signs and it becomes it becomes a time of looking at crisis instead yeah. of looking at Christ. Yeah. 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 When you stop yeah. and think about it, I mean. We've, we've been clearly shown in Scripture that there's only one that knows the time of Jesus' mm-hmm. coming. And we're not to date set. Yeah. And, and I think, well, there is a lesson there already. Because if, if we were started date setting, then how many people would say, oh, look, we've just heard he's coming in three months' time. Yeah. Oh, we've got two months, you know, we do what we want, and then we'll, then we'll give our heart to Christ. Yeah. No, because you don't know what will happen in that last month. You mm-hmm. know, we should be concerned now in our relationship with God. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and no matter when Jesus comes, if we've got that relationship, we'll be ready. Indeed. We'll be Indeed. ready. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if you were going to put another music on there. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Okay. Please keep going. All right. So Jesus went on by saying in verse 4, he says, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name proclaiming, I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. Mm-hmm. There's another predictive prophecy right there. Yeah, there yeah. were some false messiahs in his time, mm. but if we were to go in and just Google messiahs, mm. you'd be amazed, absolutely amazed how many around the world are saying, I am the Christ. Yeah, I am yeah. the Messiah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're false. Yeah. It actually talks about false Christ and false prophets. And, yes. you know, of course, a prophet is a spokesperson for God. And what Christ is saying here is that there's actually going to be a change in the religious world so that, hey, I can't believe everything that's in the religious world because there are going to be false Christ, false prophets, false teachers, false pastors. And to me, this, Helen, is incredibly challenging. Absolutely. Uh, Because, you know, I mean, to me, this is amazingly relevant to the day and age in which we live. Yes, yes. There are people that, as Jesus said about the Pharisees, you know, that they they did all the things by the law, the letter of the law, Mm. But they didn't have the spirit of the law. In other words, um, they denied the power 
the yeah, power of Christ yeah, in yeah, the life. Yeah. And and Jesus actually goes on when he says they will deceive many. He says, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Mm. We tend to forget that three little, you know, those three words, but don't panic. He says, yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. people jump over that bit. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. The, and then they'll say, "Oh, but nations are going to war against nation." Well, that's predictive prophecy as well. Yeah. But yeah. Jesus said, first of all, he said, "Don't panic." Don't panic. Don't yeah. panic. He's he's telling us these things. If so you like, he could be, be saying, "Don't sensationalize." No, yeah. because you know, it's, don't focus on it. Don't focus on that because there's yeah. something that's more important than focusing on uh, isolated events that are occurring within our world. Yes, and even if they aren't just isolated, and you're seeing more and more, he's still saying, "Don't panic." Don't yeah. focus on yeah. that. Yeah. That's not the important thing. I mean, if you start focusing on every little event and saying, oh, that's that's fulfilled prophecy, that's yeah. fulfilled, and so-and-so said such and such, you will forget about the main event. Mm, mm, no, that's yeah. that's that's really important, actually. Yeah. I, I, I like what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. Helen, look, let's just take a little bit of a break there. Let's come to uh, Rambos. I love this particular song. It, uh, it really has a message, I think, uh, with a view to what we're talking about, sheltered. In the arms of God. Oh, beautiful.
does the Bible say about the end of the world? Faith FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. That is a really fantastic uh, little uh, DVD. Can I encourage you, if you're interested, if you're interested in watching some real quality uh, Christian uh, uh, material, uh, that is worth getting getting your hands on. Um, You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, Big Questions for God with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Helen Gray. Helen's the lay pastoral leader of the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're asking the question, can a rational person believe in predictive prophecy? And uh, Helen, you've been working through with us uh, Matthew chapter 24, just sharing some of the material that's there. Please share with us. Okay, look, there are lots of other places in the New Testament. It does bring up predictive prophecy. I'm thinking today of when Jesus said um, the sign of Jonah. When they were asking for signs, he said, the only sign I will give you is the sign of Jonah. Mm -hmm. Jonah was in the whale for how many days? Three days. And? Three nights. Yeah, three days and three nights, which referred to, Christ was referring to when he was crucified. Mm -hmm. Did it come true? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. It was predictive prophecy and it was fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. You know, again from Jesus himself. Yeah. So let's go back to what his words were. We're looking now at Matthew 24. And, um, yes, he was saying that, um, uh, where were we? He said, you'll hear of wars and threats of wars. Don't panic. These things will take place. And he said, but nation will go to war against nation. Mm. Now, the mm. first thing you think of was, yes, well, we had World War One and World War Two, and we had Vietnam and da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. We've yeah. had wars. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's always been wars. There was a war way back with Cain and Abel. Yeah. yeah. But so why is he saying it now? You know, I believe if you look around, you will see that now today. There is nation against nation. There's an increase in an intensity Absolutely. as well. I mean, this is something yeah. that uh, whereas there has always been war, you're actually finding today an increase in intensity uh, and a, in a way that uh, previously man was never able to destroy himself. Mm. But today you're finding that that is exactly what is taking place. That's right. Mm. And I'm told there's enough nuclear weapons now that mm. <clears throat> all it takes is a push of a button. Yeah, yeah. But that's not how we're going to finish up. The Bible is yeah. very clear on that. You know, Helen, you know? one of the things about Matthew 24 here, though, is that there's, uh, there's some things which Christ says that I suppose trouble me. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got uh, down in verse 11, it talks about many false uh, Christ's uh, false prophets will rise up and deceive many. If I go to verse 24 later in that same chapter, I find exactly the same thing to you. False Christ and false prophets, mm-hmm. it says, will rise up and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the very elect. Now, you know, Helen, I don't know about you, but to me, this troubles me a great deal because what it's talking about here is that apparently there are going to be uh, in the in the end times and even through Christian history a succession of people who are going to deceive now what is what is deception to you i mean if i say you're going to you've been deceived what what is that 
It's when I don't know what's coming. <clears throat> if I knew a burglar was going to come into my house, mm. I would take steps. And I, and I think that that is the key thing there, Helen, that it's something uh, – deception only occurs when I don't know what is actually going on. If I do know what's going on, then Scripture actually calls me willingly ignorant mm. uh, if I fail to respond to mm. what's going on. But what Christ says here – and it's interesting, if you go into Luke's Gospel, the same word is actually used. Mm. Because what you get here is Christ is talking to his disciples and he says, hey, be be aware, don't be deceived, don't get caught out, don't get sold a bunny. And you know, Helen, I'm just so conscious that we live in an age today where we're almost proud of fake news that's going on in the in the community generally. You get, uh, you know, politicians are quite happy to speak of, of fake news, to even produce fake news themselves. Uh, and the community is prepared to accept that. Why uh, did they produce it in the first place? That's actually a very good question. Uh, well, why do you see headlines in some magazines? You know, I was in the supermarket, you know, it was, a, I don't know, weeks ago, and there was a headline as I walked past in one of the, the women's magazines saying, Charles and Camellia separated. Uh, that, how many times have you actually seen that, uh, that announcement? But, you know, the first thing is think, oh, Oh, why do they put this false news up and, and or they um So that you will buy their magazine. It's because that's what people want to hear. Yeah. You know, so the the false preachers that are there, they're preaching health and west health and wealth yeah. messages yeah. because that's what people want to hear. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And and you know, I know some that are preaching about Sunday being the seventh day of the week. And they know that Saturday is the seventh day of the week. Yeah. And and I say to them, but, but which day is the Sabbath? And they'll tell me Saturday. And I'll say, well, is that in the Bible? Yeah. I said, well, why are you preaching on Sunday? Why are you teaching people to keep Sunday? Mm. And and the answer I get, I don't want to lose my job. Mm. It's what the people want. But that's yeah. not what God wants. And I know yeah. I brought that. That's a very controversial issue. I realize this. But I just brought that in as an example mm. that people are giving what they think people want to hear. Yeah. You know, years ago, people didn't want to hear about fire and brimstone. It's yeah. a scary thing. Yeah. You know, today, I have even had some people in one of my own churches say to me, don't preach on Revelation. Mm. Mm. And I am stunned. Yeah. I love the book of Daniel and Revelation together. Yeah. You know, and I, my comment is why? Oh, well, it's a scary book. I actually it? had. I said, well, go and study yeah. it. I actually had somebody yeah. say, say to me at one time, I was actually presenting a, uh, a prophetic seminar and a lady in one of my churches actually came to me and said, look, pastor, I really appreciate that you're going to be doing it, but I won't be, won't be attending. And I said, oh, yeah, okay. That's, you know, that's okay. She said, I want to tell you why. Uh, she said, Gary, I have a simple faith. I, uh, I I really don't don't think we need to go into all of this this deep deep stuff. Uh, she said, "My faith is a simple faith." Now, how would you actually respond to something like that, Helen? Well, first of all, I'd probably say, "Praise the Lord." That she's got a simple faith? Absolutely. Okay, simple faith is important, isn't yes, it? Yes, because yeah? we're told yeah. to believe like a child. Okay, so a simple faith is you important. Know, I think, I think. look, I lived in the islands for nearly 10 years, Gary, and there were miracles there that happened, and I could testify to them. I could also testify to the work of, of Satan. But when I come back here, people just say, oh, that's a good old American story, because we've become so... Um, 
what's the word I want? We've forgotten the simplicity. I'm not saying be simple in the head. I'm saying we've forgotten the simplicity of it all. And and Christ is very clear in what he's saying. Now, I, I, I told you I love the book of Revelation. There was a time I didn't. I didn't understand hardly anything of it. But God opens our understanding as we study. I think it's good to be aware of these things. But as I said, as I said before, don't focus on these things. Mm-hmm. But I do want to just mention in, in Matthew where it says about um, war and kingdom against chem- kingdom. It also says there will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. so just, Harry, just before we go there, Helen, just if I can just come back to that to that statement that I made just a minute ago with that uh, lady. Yes. I, um, I actually spoke uh, to her and I actually shared with her a, a text of scripture because I certainly acknowledge that a simple faith is a wonderful faith to have. Uh, but you know, Helen, I, I actually took her to uh, to Second Peter, and Peter mm. says some things here that I um, that that challenges me to my very core. Uh, this is this is what what Peter says. He says, for this very reason, giving all diligence. This is Second Peter chapter one verse five. Giving all diligence, add to your faith. Yes. Now. This worries me just a little bit because Peter is saying to his hearers, I want you to add to your faith. Now, why add to our faith? Well, what he says is this. I want you to add to your faith virtue. To virtue, I want you to add knowledge. You see, what Peter recognizes is that knowledge is in fact the um, the protection against a presumptive form of faith. It's, it's when. That's an excellent statement. It's, uh, this yeah. is, knowledge is so important. And Peter here says, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. You see, the, the, the Christian faith actually involves growth. And I couldn't agree with you more. And while it starts, I, I would suggest, Helen, with a, uh, with a very simple faith, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Hmm. Beautiful thing. But do you know, as the scriptures also talk about the possibility that false Christ, false prophets are going to come. Yes. When false Christ and false prophets, we actually need some protection there. And I the agree. protection itself is within the word of God, I, I would suggest. Yeah, look, yeah. You're, you're quite right, Gary, and I apologise. I didn't finish off. I said simple faith, you know, praise yeah, the Lord. No, no, that's that. fine, that's fine. But that's I'm, right. I'm glad you, no, I'm truly glad you brought it in because it is right. I mean, when I started studying, yeah, I had a simple faith. Yeah. And it has grown. Yeah. As God has led me through his word. Yeah. You know, um, what does it say? Faith comes hearing from hearing and hearing from the, the word, word of God. God. Yeah. And yeah, I believe that as that woman was introduced to the truth of revelation, simply, you know, take it step by step yeah. that she would be end up like I, I feel. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. and, and I, I don't fear what's in revelation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I I don't have a fear because I love my Lord. I've had people say, aren't you frightened about what's happening around the world? Mm. Well, no. Should I be? 
I'm concerned for people. Don't get me wrong. I have a deep concern for people that people get their lives ready. But revelation itself, isn't it? It's a, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes. And you know, when you actually, that's how the book actually starts. And when you've actually got a book that is revealing Jesus Christ, it means that there's a safety and a security there that you don't find anywhere else. Yes, it talks about reality of things which are happening on or coming on this world. That is something it does speak about. That's something that we can't ignore. That is something that's absolutely vital yes. that we understand. And yet it's it's more important that we understand the Lamb of Revelation than the beasts of Revelation. I mean, when okay. we understand the Lamb of Revelation, hey, the beasts are put in their right place. That's a very good point, Gary. Very, very good point. I think we have to have an awareness, absolutely, mm, mm, an mm. awareness. But, you know, as Christ said, don't panic. And he keeps saying, don't be afraid. You know, the the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation is about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he said to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures in them, you, you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. me. From the very first opening words in Genesis, God created the heaven and the earth. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. the beginning, it says, in the beginning. And we finish up in Revelation where we have got God, you know, he's preparing a home for us. And, and we then see in Revelation 22, verse 7, it says, Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. And, and, and what a beautiful picture. You know, you've sort of got the first three chapters of the Bible talks about the, the entrance of sin and the creation of the world. The last three chapters talk about the departure of sin and the recreation of the world. You know, from yeah. end to end, the scriptures point such a wonderful picture. You know, this is paradise lost, paradise restored. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can I very quickly say that when Jesus was saying famines, earthquakes in many part of the world, we can see that today. Mm. And yes, we've had earthquakes and famines all the way along, but they're increasing in intensity mm. and they're coming at the same time together. Mm. That's what I see. You yeah, know, yeah. it's not that you hear, oh, there's a famine over there last week. Oh, that one's fixed up. Now we've got an earthquake here. You are hearing it all around the world yeah. simultaneously. And it's interesting that, that Jesus went on to say, but all of this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Mm. Now, if you liken that to a woman who is pregnant in birth pains and the contract, you know, they, they just get closer and closer. Right. And there is pain. There is pain. But I tell you what, when that child is born. There's rejoicing. Wow. 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 You know? Indeed. And, and all that pain is gone. And that's, that's where, what I think Jesus is saying to us. Mm. You know, you, you, we'll have this time. Yeah. But at the end, we're going to spend eternity together. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. He says, you know, that there'll be time when we will be persecuted. Yeah. He is warning us. But he also said the one that endures to the end will be saved. He's warning us that the love of many will grow cold. Mm. He's giving us this, this scenario. And, but then he says, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will the come. The end will, will come. come. Yeah. So here we've got good news again. Yeah. He's given yeah. us time. But Christ to make the is choice. Christ believes totally that he he is sharing, he's saying there is such a thing as the end time. There are so yes. many in our world today who don't accept that there is an end time. He's saying that there a time is going 
this world is not going to continue until some it whimpers out sometime no. in the future. Mm. No, he's saying it's something totally. It's not going totally. to be all gone with a big nuclear blast. That's either. it. That's it. It's ha- got good news there as well, Gary. Yeah. Helen, let's come to. I love this song, mm. B.J. Thomas, where no one stands alone. What a song that fits into what we've been talking about. Thank you, Gary. Once I stood in the night With my head bowed low In the darkness as black as could be And my heart felt alone And I cried, oh Lord, don't hide your face from me Hold my hand all the way Every hour, every day From here to the great unknown Where no one stands alone. What a wonderful song. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, Big Questions for God with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Helen Gray. Helen's a lay pastoral leader of the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. And folks, look, if ever you want to go to a wonderful little church, uh, please go to the Birdwood Church in the Adelaide Hills. Fantastic little church. Wonderful group of people worship up there. Uh, so you're welcome any Saturday morning from uh, from 10 o'clock. Uh, you'll even get given lunch. 
a fantastic place to uh, uh, to worship. Uh, this week we're asking, can a rational person believe in predictive prophecy? Uh, Helen, how, how does this predictive prophecy and uh, uh, the promise that uh, the Christ is coming again, how does that uh, impact you personally? Okay, just before I mention that, let me tell you that Gary has just given you predictive prophecy, but I'm sorry, he was a false prophet. A false I'm prophet. sorry, Gary. Um, we're not open this Sabbath. Oh, of course Sabbath you're day. not. That's right. Everything. So you, normally, I should say <laughs> that you. normally it's a wonderful church to go to. So it is a wonderful church, and I just love the, the people there. Absolutely. And normally, yes, we do have a fellowship lunch. So when this kind of, co- what is it? COVID, coronavirus. coronavirus restrictions are lifted, yes, we'll be back home. Hopefully in the church, and anyone is most welcome to come. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry to call you a false prophet. No, no, that's fine. No worries at all. Okay, you asked me a question. How does end time teaching impact me personally? Well, because I have seen predictive prophecy come true through Scripture, I'm I'm not frightened. Number one, but how does it? How does this teaching impact on me? It makes me want to. Want to put my arms around the whole world, the whole, all, everybody in the world and just say, give your heart to Christ now. Mm-hmm. Because he says, now is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. If you're yeah. standing on the edge, please, please give your heart to him now. Yeah. Because we don't know when the end will come. Because now is the day of salvation. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And the whole thing is, let me just leave you with the thought that, well, through as we're getting to the end, that this world will not end how people are saying it's going to end. There are false prophets out there saying peace, peace and safety. Yeah. The world is going to end, my friend. We don't know when, mm. but we do know who is bringing it to the end. Mm. God is in control. He is sovereign. Mm. He cares about all of us. And yes, there will be a time of of um, this trouble that we will go through but let, rest assured we are not going to go through anything that he doesn't think we can handle with him yeah 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 you know we've got so many promises we've seen predictive prophecy coming true and and i would also like to say that with all the evidence in scriptures I hope that people just really, even from this time, I hope they get the the, the urge to pick up their Bible. Mm. I hope mm. they get up the urge to read Revelation, even if they go to the part where Christ said there'll be no more dying, there'll be no more tears, yeah. you know. And and there'll be, he John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Mm. You know, I saw the holy city. There's hope here, and you know, for yes. our for our loved ones who have yeah. passed away. There's hope yes. here for you know our children. There's hope yes. here for Absolutely. you know our spouse, for our yeah. families. For there is hope for our world. And to me, how much our world needs to hear that message at this time. Absolutely, Gary. And let mm. me just say something. Somebody once wrote down an acrostic for the word Bible, and they said basic instructions before leaving Earth. Yeah. Get into the yeah. Bible. Yeah. Give your heart to the Lord. Study to show yourself approved. Um, God will give you the amen. faith. Yeah. He yeah. will take you through step by step. Even the problems mm. will become, they, there'll be challenges with him, but not problems anymore. Helen, yeah. let me pray. Okay. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you right now. Lord, I want to say thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for biblical prophecy. Thank you for the way that it's been fulfilled in the past. Lord, thank you for promising to be with us into the future. I pray that you'd be with anybody right now who is struggling. Lord, if there are any who are just, just saying, hey, which way should I go? Lord, I pray that you'd stand before them. 
I pray that you might touch them by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you might challenge them. Lord, I pray that you might touch their heart and their mind. Uh, Lord, I pray that you might accept their heart right now if they are wanting to give it to you. Lord, we ask and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gary. Well, folks, that's, uh, that's it. It does look like our time is up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Helen Gray on the Drive Time Show. Tomorrow we're going to dig more into this subject when we look at the astounding evidence for predictive prophecy. Tomorrow we're going to be asking Pastor David Butcher, does the biblical prophetic evidence support an end-time spiritual chaos theory? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember that Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you.